You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. I'm really happy to be here. It's a pleasure for me. I would like uh, to make the most of with this opportunity. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. My name is Matt Markstone and I'm the host of the show. And no matter where you are, no matter how you may be joining us, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thank you for making the show part of your day. Southampton have not had the best run of form over the Christmas period, but today we're going to step aside from the festival fixtures and we're going to focus on the Southampton Women's Football Club. I had the opportunity to speak with Simon Parker, the manager of the Southampton Women's Football Club, as they entered their winter break undefeated and in second place in the league based on goal difference. We'll talk with Simon about his philosophy for coaching, his journey to becoming the first team manager, and uh, some of the challenges he's faced as he's taken over a team uh, from Fran Alonso, who, of course, uh, many Saints fans may know as, as being one of the coaching staff of Ronald Koeman when he was at Saints and at Everton. With some help from Lee Callender, the assistant and goalkeeping coach for the club, we went ahead and got some questions from some of the players to ask of their manager, so we have some fun with those as well. Overall, I think you'll enjoy the conversation. And uh, hopefully it lifts your spirits. And I look forward to returning to you uh, with a recap of the festival fixtures next week. But for now, I'm off with my family. Here's my conversation with Simon Parker, manager of the Southampton Women's Football Club. We'd like to welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all the SFC fans, Simon Parker. You can find him on Twitter at 1SWParker, and he is the manager of the Southampton Women's Football Club. Uh, Simon, thank you so much for joining me to talk about your season uh, and you and uh, kind of talk about some of the successes you guys have had uh, at the club, and, and welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. We were talking a little bit before, It's you guys have had kind of a really a great story, and we talked to some of the players about uh, their involvement in it, and uh, I'm honored to be able to, to talk to you about your, your philosophy and, and the work you guys are doing there, so I'm looking forward to it. And the way this show kind of usually starts is we usually talk about you or, or the guest a little bit before we talk about uh, the football and things like that. So um, first off, you are the first team manager, but uh, have you held any other roles at the club uh, prior to that? Yeah. So um, when I originally came in, I was the assistant manager uh, working under Fran Alonso. Um, and then last season, uh, when we brought in a new under-16 team, I also helped with that. So I was their manager or co-manager with a, a guy called Dave Gemman. And I also did originally a lot of the fitness for the, um, for the team. And so when you're both doing the under-16s and the first team, are you running different two different sessions on different nights or is it you kind of you double up the sessions or how did you kind of structure that stuff? Um, it's quite difficult to find um, facilities. So unfortunately, we can't do them all at the same time or at least on the same night. So that is the ideal. 
um, the Tuesdays we can train together. We can do over two slots, so they follow on. But uh, we also train Friday for the 16s. They play their games on Saturday, and the seniors will train on the Wednesday as well, and, and their games on Sunday. Okay, all right. Um, outside of managing the first team, and we'll we'll talk more about that in just a little bit. But outside of that, what else do you do? What what do you do just in terms of work and things like that? Uh, so I'm currently at Sparshaw College. So I'm a football coach there. I work with their development team. Um, they have a link with AFC Bournemouth, which is not my choice. But um, yeah, with them, so they do their secondary. Uh, it's their elite elite program, so it's like a second chance program. Okay. So if you fall out of the academy or something like that, you can go far short, do your academics there, and then also continue your football with hopefully a pathway back to professional football. You mentioned the link with AFC Bournemouth. Uh, you said mentioned it's not by choice. Do you do you have a Premier League team having grown up in the area, or or do you do you watch the the Premier League at all? Yeah, yeah, I watch it a lot. Um, I don't really support any team. I, I like a lot of teams. I like a lot of individual players or coaches or managers. Um, I do follow Southampton in the way that I like them to do well. Um, but I wouldn't say I was a, you know, an avid fan or okay. an avid supporter of them. All right. Uh, watching teams and things like that. If you have the, if you had the option to watch any team, either go to their ground and watch them or, or in person, what, what team would you support just in, in terms of, of watching the football and, and learning from that? It's a good question. I mean, obviously everyone likes Man City at the moment, the way that they're playing football, the way that they move the ball. But, um, I do quite like uh, watching teams that can be quite organized as well, especially if they have a lower quality of player. Um, so it's always interesting, you know, the different ways that teams adapt to other teams. I was fortunate enough last summer to be able, or two summers ago, to be able to watch Chelsea. I watched Chelsea play here in the States. They came and played Liverpool, uh, and then they went on to win the title. Uh, last summer, I got to watch Man City play against Real Madrid uh, here in the States. Uh, and it looks like they're well on their way. Um, and it's the 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 style of football that that was on display there versus the some of the other games that I've watched in terms of MLS and things like that. So so much different, so much faster, um, and, and just a real a real joy. Um, but like you said, the the organization and things like that are also something that I don't really think gets picked up on on television as often, uh, simply because of the the camera angles and things like that. They're usually following the ball and. People like to talk about attacking and goal scoring, not necessarily, uh, you know, two banks of four or one bank of four and a bank of five and then a, an out ball. So um, it, but that stuff is, is interesting to watch as well, because I think that takes a lot of, of discipline. And, and obviously a lot of that stuff goes along at, at the training ground and in, in doing that and organizing that stuff uh, there. So is there a coach in the Premier League that you like to, to, to watch and kind of learn from speaking of the organization and things like that? Yeah. I mean, um, I do like watching Mourinho as well. I know he gets a lot of negativity um, about the way he plays and stuff like that, but you can see that he's getting quality players to work really hard you know, and, and be quite disciplined. Um, so that side of it is good. I did quite like it at the start of the season. I watched quite a bit of Brighton. I thought Chris Houghton has done a great job there at getting them organised. So yeah, but you know, every manager in the, the Premier League is obviously very, very good and they all have their strengths and they all work with different squads and budgets. So it's just interesting to... Uh, I just watch them play and, and how they're, they're doing things. Yeah. Now, do you do you look at a club like Burnley and the job that maybe Sean Dyche is doing there and look at that and admire that a little bit more simply because of the the work that has to go in outside of just encouraging people to attack and move around? I mean, yeah, he's done an unbelievable job. And they do play football as well, which is quite nice. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's an incredible achievement what he's managed to do. And uh, yeah, it's quite inspiring, to be honest. 
And do you have any hobbies outside of outside of football that uh, besides coaching and work? Do you is there was there something that you enjoy doing that maybe uh, maybe even the girls uh, on the team don't know about? Um, I'd like to say yes, but at the moment there isn't really anything because my work's quite busy, and then I've also recently had a had a had a kid, so oh, that took up a lot. Of congratulations! Time. And then obviously, thank you. Well, I, I say recently; she's seventeen months now, but uh, she's still full on. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, now unfortunately, there's not, not a lot of time for hobbies. No, no, and and now she's moving around and she's getting into things, and yeah, I I I know that world. And my daughter is now almost seven; she'll be seven next week, and my son is is twelve. So I'm I'm past that stage, but I I remember fondly, <laughs> and I'm glad it's gone. Um, <laughs> but uh, congratulations! Yeah, thank you. Um, but kind of getting back to, to the football, did you, did you grow up playing football, uh, as a, as a kid and, and things like that? Yeah, I did. I used to, um, switch between football and rugby quite a lot. So when I was younger, I would just do the two of those. Um, I didn't play at a particularly high level or anything like that. I just did it for fun. Um, but obviously now I don't really get the opportunity to play because the training and, and everything like that, it just doesn't coincide with coaching and obviously game days as well. So right. um, I do a little six aside every now and then just for fitness, but that, that's all the time will allow me to do. Sure. Sure. When you played, did you have a particular position that you played most often or at the level you were playing, you kind of just everybody moved around and tried everything? No, I, I played uh, center back. Um, so I was there quite a bit. I played played out there well in Australia that position as well. So yeah, it was uh, yeah it was good. I, I like that position more than anything else. Do you find then that you kind of gravitate towards uh, the center backs and kind of choosing center backs that you like to play a certain way? Do you do you find yourself doing that at all? I find myself uh, looking a lot at the defense. So obviously it's quite important to um, if you have that solid back and then you can build from there. So if you're not conceding loads of goals. Um, so a lot of my focus does originally look at the defense. Are we doing all those things right? Are we defending well as a team? And then and then I kind of go through the team from there. All right. Uh, growing up, did you ever play or encounter anybody who is now kind of playing in, in any of the professional leagues in England or anywhere else? Mm, no, off the top of my head, no. I know I played against a few fairly decent players, a few players who have come out of academies. Um, a few foreign players, but okay. none, none off the top of my head that have actually made anything of themselves in the, as players professionally. All right. So after you know, moving on from from the playing and things like that, where did this desire, or maybe even the opportunity to to begin managing or coaching, where did that come in, and, and kind of what drew you to a role and wanting to coach football? Um, it's something I've always wanted to do, but when you're not a like an ex pro or anything like, you kind of think it's it's an unachievable dream. So it was only when I was out overseas, I got injured while I was playing for my club that I ended up doing a little bit of coaching there. And I really, really enjoyed it. And it was always something I wanted to do. So I was at a point in my life where, you know, work, I wasn't enjoying as much. And I decided just to, to quit. Um, at this point, I was in Australia. And so I went to South America for a year. Um, and then was just thinking about what I can do if I was going to go back to Australia or to England. And I decided, why not give it a go? So I moved to London um, and started doing my badges there. and. Just start, you know, inquiring with as many clubs as I could for any kind of volunteer opportunities where I could learn, learn a little bit more and complete my badges and, and things like that. And uh, what, what were some of the clubs or where did you find yourself kind of volunteering or working as you were doing the, as you were completing your badges? Well, I was at AFC Wimbledon for a little bit with their under 15 games. Um, but Ballum, Ballum was the club that I ended up sticking with and, and they were fantastic. I mean, they, they won, I think like FA London club of the year, quite a few years, you know, the way that they try and play football, uh, the coaches they have there, the standard of football, everything is fantastic. And they were incredibly, um, supportive and, mm-hmm. 
and we gave you a lot of opportunities to learn from them and also to actually try out a few things. So that was fantastic for me. When you first made the transition to coaching, what, what did you find to be the most difficult aspect of that versus was playing? Was it a huge kind of uh, mentality shift or did you find dealing with uh, maybe managing the individual players and the personalities or what, what did you find as the, uh, maybe the biggest challenge uh, as you moved into that role? Um, when you first start coaching, I guess the, the most difficult thing is, is confidence because obviously you need to find a way to get your ideas across um, how you want to coach yourself. You, know, you are start, stand still kind of coach where you want that wants to have high intensity, uh, wants to always have the ball moving. So it's confidence in, in finding the way that you want to coach that was difficult at first. And then also having the confidence in, in the knowledge that you're, you're bringing. Um, so that was tough at, at first, you know, but that's the same with anything, you know, the more experience you get, the more confident you get. And then it was just making sure that you had all the adaptations, you know, players don't turn up and you adapt. Um, if the weather's terrible, you know, and something's not working and you don't want them getting cold, so can you adapt again and do something else? So, yeah, that was the most difficult, difficult thing at first. As you've gone through kind of your coaching, I guess, career, uh, you mentioned a little bit of coaching in Australia. You mentioned South America and then in, in, in the UK and in, in England. How do you learn from different performances? What do you what do you look for? What do you look to take away from maybe a, a, a loss or a, or a draw or or something when you're when you are coaching and and how do you how do you maybe implement those what those lessons into into the game plan for the for the next time you guys go out on the training pitch or or in a match? Um, well, we we film every every game, so uh, we get the opportunity to look through everything. Whenever you lose, you've obviously conceded a goal and. And whenever you can see, there's always things you can do better. So every time you lose, there's so many lessons you can learn from it. Um, whether, you know, an individual's made an error or as a team, you haven't done something right. So, yeah, there's, you can always learn from the loss and the draw. Um, even when you win, you can see all the things that you've done, you know, slightly wrong, keep hold of the ball too long, or we're not clinical enough, or any of those kind of things. Um, there's a lot of lessons. And and eventually you wound up at the Southampton Women's Football Club, which is where you are the first team manager now. But how did you go from doing your badges to being brought in there to to work there? Um, so basically, while I was in London, uh, my partner she she'd never been to Australia, so we went travelling again. And while I was overseas travelling, I decided I wanted to go back to Southampton. So I just looked on like the Hampshire FA website, I was just looking for roles and coaching opportunities, and there was the, a role they were looking for a manager for Southampton Women's Football Club. And I was overseas at the time, and I was going to be for another six months. So I just sent an email saying that if you haven't got anyone by the time I'm back in the country, I'd be happy to help out. Um, and then just by chance, after I arrived back in the country, uh, they had applied um, Fran Alonso. So he, he'd got the role and he needed an assistant. So he asked if I'd be interested. Uh, so from there, that's how I got involved. And then I was working with the first team at Southampton, who was under Pochettino at the time, and then obviously Kuman. And then after I was in the role, uh, obviously Kuman went over to Everton, mm-hmm. and Kuman wanted Fran to go with him. So Fran left um, because it was a fantastic opportunity for him. He didn't want to obviously leave the girls, right? Um, but but yeah, it would have been an opportunity, so he went over, um, and then that meant I had the opportunity to step up as manager. So that's how that all kind of came about. Um, yeah, so it's a little change from assistant manager, but it's 
was fantastic. Yeah. And how was it, how was that transition? Was it, was it difficult to kind of go from almost being, I guess, a supportive role and maybe getting to specialize more with, with the defense or, or different things. And then to suddenly being in charge of, of kind of all aspects of the team. Yeah, it was really tough at first. I mean, cause um, you know, when Fran took over, I think we were bottom of the regional division one, which few leagues below where we are now. Um, so we came in halfway through the season and things were not great. So we just stabilized things. And then in that second year, a lot of players got well introduced to the club, got brought in, um, and then we won the league. And then Fran had a big reputation. He's a fantastic coach and I've learned so much from him. But, you know, he's a first team, part of the first team coaching staff. And so he could attract a lot of decent players. Okay. And he was also part of the reasons why the under-16s came to us. So all of this is happening. We're going in a, a really positive direction. We've got a fantastic manager. And uh, then out of the blue, as the season's starting, you know, he's, he's off. Um, right. So then, yeah, and obviously at that time, I was expecting my, my child. So then we had, obviously, a new team who have come for Fran, who's unfortunately had to head off. Right. You've got all these new players, players from, you know, a couple of players came, I think Kirsty Wooden, who's, who's a fantastic player for us now. She came from Yeovil. I think she was injured, but she came from that kind of club. There was Gemma Simmons, who came from Oxford, who were a Super League 2 club. So a lot of these fantastic players have come into the club, you know, because of Fran. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's off. So it was a very challenging time where I had to suddenly, you know, stabilize the club still, uh, hopefully keep those players happy that are coming um, and also keep the under-16s happy while also having the child. So it was a very difficult time, but the, the players were superb and the coaches have stepped up and, and it allowed quite a you know a smooth transition. And uh, yeah, things went really well. Yeah, yeah, I think maybe that's even an understatement given all the moving pieces and things with Fran leaving and, and all of those different players coming in and stuff like that. Uh, to look at where you guys are at now, it, it, I think is, is fairly remarkable. And I'd like to, to talk to you a, a little bit about that because it's been, I mean, it, it's it's been a huge kind of rise from kind of the bottom of one league to winning the league and, you know, doing the double last year and then continuing that kind of rise this year in, in a league above where you guys were last year, obviously after being promoted. But as you, as you've gone through that, what did, what did you attempt to do with the girls to, to make sure that they understood that you were still heading in that direction and the ambitions hadn't changed, even though Fran had to, uh, leave. Um, well, Fran, we, he was still going to be employed as like a, a technical director kind of role. So Fran was always going to be open for me to, to utilize and, and get information from. But, um, you know, I'd, I'd been at the club the year before with the girls and half the year before that. So a year and a half I'd been there. So they knew the way I worked. Fran and I worked a quite similar way. We have the same kind of style that we football we wanted to play. Um, and luckily the girls, they, they gave me the opportunity to step up. And when you're winning, it's uh, it's easier for people to trust you or believe in your ideas or the kind of concept you're trying to get across. So luckily we had that good start. I mean, the first game of the season was against Oxford and they beat us in the cup final the year before. So we win that. They were the, supposed to be the toughest team in that league and we managed to get a win away from home. So that obviously gave the players a lot of confidence which then allowed me time to maybe come up with a few ideas uh, and they would believe or trust them so um yeah i think yeah winning definitely helps yeah absolutely it, winning like you said it just kind of breeds more confidence and, and it's when you start if you start to falter then all of a sudden people begin to question the ideas and things like that but 
Um, as a manager now, what, what do you enjoy the most about managing, uh, the, the club? Um, I mean, the, the girls that we work with and the coaches and everyone behind the scene, they're, they're, they're fantastic. So it obviously gives a lot of joy to, to work with people that, uh, you know, that listen, that, that obviously care for what they do. Um, they're quite receptive to any kind of ideas. So it's a real privilege to, to work with, uh, players like that. And it gives me a lot of opportunity to try new things, um, and experiment with new things. Um, so I really enjoy that. Obviously, I, I enjoy the competitiveness now. Like it's, it's so good and promoted. You know, because last season there were certain games where you know it wasn't enough of a challenge for the girls. Mm-hmm. But this year it's so. Yeah, I just really enjoy the challenge, but also just just the people I'm working with uh, every week. And and speaking of kind of the the difference in in maybe quality of opposition, is that the biggest change, or is there something else that that's maybe a bigger difference between last season and this season in terms of the teams you're playing against? Um, yeah, the the levels it's definitely higher than it was last season. I would I'd say they were probably like last season there was Chesham and Oxford, and I would say that they if they were in our league they would be competing. But uh, the the rest of the league last year wasn't at the same level of them. So yeah, the the intensity of the game is obviously a lot more this year because of the, the higher quality. But one of the hardest hardest things or the biggest changes this year is that there's no rolling subs, and that just makes it a lot harder from a you know player management side of things. Because when you've got rolling subs, you can you can do even game time. You can keep a lot of players happy because everyone's getting shared minutes. Right. But, but with it, there's no more rolling subs. You can only have the three substitutes, and obviously with the more competitive games doesn't mean that playing time is a lot less for certain players. So keeping people happy, players happy, that's that's probably the biggest difference this year and the, the hardest thing. Yeah, especially when, you know, the they're giving up time. Obviously, the players are not the players are not being paid. They are kind of coming out and, and fighting for a spot, but also kind of volunteering their time and, you know, to make an away trip and to, you know, to give up a Sunday and then not get in a game uh, probably is frustrating. So I can only imagine it's, it's hard to keep everybody happy and still keep the, the momentum and the, the style of play and, and the winning streak kind of, uh, kind of moving along. Um, when you came up to this league and, and you mentioned that a lot of the teams last year maybe weren't at the same level as, as, as your squad, did you foresee the girls in, in the squad doing as well this season as, as they have been? Yeah. I mean, well, last year was a great indication, well, indicator for us because we had a pretty decent cup run. I mean, we got to the Hampshire Cup final, uh, where we played Portsmouth, who at the time were two leagues above us. Uh-huh. Uh, and we competed in it. I know we lost 6-3 in the end, but it was it was pretty close up until, say, 77th minute. And I think just the, the intensity of the higher league really got them through and the fitness. Um, we also played Swindon in that year, who were two leagues above us at the time when we beat them 2-0. Um, we beat Shanklin, who were a league above us. So we, we, we beat some teams that were obviously one league or two leagues above. So we knew that we could compete. And we also knew that if we were regularly playing at the higher level, then obviously the fitness would be better than that sharpness, intensity, everything. So we were very confident going into the season that, that there's no reason why we couldn't be challenging or competing to try and get promoted. But obviously we didn't want to, you know, as as a team who's just got promoted twice in a row and it's, it's not as if we've had an overhaul of the squad. You know, this season we only really signed a couple of players and we lost a few as well. So we knew that it would be challenging. We didn't want to go around and say, yeah, we're going to be promoted or anything like that. But we were definitely confident that we could be, you know, in and around there. And, and the start of the season has been, has kind of proved that, um, you know, so hopefully we can continue that. There's no reason why we can't be challenging. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at this point you are about halfway through. I think you're second in the league on goal difference. Is that correct? It is. Yeah. I mean, we've got two games in hand on top, but Plymouth, 
Plymouth at the moment, they did definitely seem to be the team that should be favourites. I mean, last season in that league, I think they won every single game apart from against Chichester. And Chichester were the team that got promoted. So uh, they were definitely the team this year to beat. They've won every single game so far this year in, in all cups. Um, so yeah, they're um, they're on form. They're doing really really well, and they're definitely the team team to beat. Yeah, and you play them. You'll play them twice within a month of uh, of each other, both home and away. So end of January and then middle of February, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Could define our season, but uh, no, we've got enough time. Hopefully after the Christmas break to get our fitness in and get our form. But yeah, it's going to be um, yeah, it'll be massive. And, and you mentioned fitness a couple of times, and I have a question about that. Moving from a system where or a league where you have rolling substitutions to one where you only get three, how much more emphasis have you placed on on fitness and, and actually kind of relying on the girls maybe to do a little bit outside of the training? Because I know you guys only train uh, usually twice a week and then have games. So um, how much more important has has fitness become uh, given the change in, in subs? We, we haven't really made a lot of differences to the way we train. So ideally, everything we do is with a football. So we haven't done like extra sessions where we just run in or anything like that, mainly because, as you say, we have two training sessions. So you need to utilize that time well and, and to do stuff without a ball just isn't, isn't efficient for me. Mm-hmm. So we try and make sure everything we do is at 100% intensity and it's just the intervals that should change depending on recovery or, or, or anything like that we're after. So I think naturally they, the intensity is more anyway because of the, the level that we're now at. But yeah, we do encourage the players to go off and, and you know do their own fitness. Um, I know a lot of the players go down the gym or do running or, or things like that, but Luckily, we've got quite a fit team. Um, there's a lot of players who just have great stamina anyway and a lot of endurance. And as we say, if you keep playing the games week in, week out at that higher level, the fitness comes as well. What is it going to take for you and, and the rest of the squad to continue your current form this season? Um, a lot of, I guess, hard work. Just continue to train the way that we want to play. Um, the players need to stay committed. Hopefully, with a bit of luck, we stay injury-free. I don't know, really. Um, we just have to keep doing what we're doing. you know. And if we keep winning, then the form will stay. So I guess it's really, really important after this Christmas break that we, we start with a win. Um, I mean, it's a massive game. Our first game back on the 7th against Southampton Girls and Ladies, um, which is yeah. a huge rivalry. Um, yeah, and if we get a win there, then obviously confidence is, is high and we take that into the next game, then there's no reason why our form can't continue. Um, okay, well, we have some questions from the team. Um, I, I kind of went around you just a little bit and, and, and went to Lee and had him kind of message the players and get some questions. So I don't even know which players are asking which questions, um, but I'm sure okay. you can look around the squad at the next training session and, and maybe figure it out. But uh, most of them are, are lighthearted, but uh, they were they were happy to, to, to provide some questions for you. And and uh, I think it shows that they uh, they think pretty highly of you and they and they they think you, they can joke around with you maybe at least a little bit, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, so first question, I'm just going kind of down in order of, of the way I receive them, but this one says, what's, what's been your proudest moment at Southampton women's football club so far? Um, that's a great question. Proudest moment. I think, I think promotion to the Premier League. I think, I think that has to be, it's massive for us. I mean, that was, that was one of the, the biggest achievements we wanted to make happen. And last season, to be fair on the whole, I mean, we got to the final of the Hampshire Cup. We won the League Cup. We won the league to get promoted two years in a row. So I think 
I think that that would have to be it. Um, one quick question, going back a little bit. Uh, when you talk about promotion, is it one team out of the league below gets promoted, or is it a change? Does it change every year, or is it like the Premier League where it's three teams, or how does that work? It's only one team, which is where it's incredibly difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and that's what makes this season even harder because we know that Plymouth are pretty much going to win every single game. Mm-hmm. So if you slip up once, you're pretty much saying that's it, your season's done. So it's it's very tough, and it's a lot of pressure for the girls to be fair because one slip up and I mean I'm sure you've you've kept an eye on our results mm-hmm. the other week when we played against Bournemouth of the league St Nicholas they've been getting beat you know some games like 6-0 plus and then we turn up and uh, we win 3-2 with the last kick of the game mm-hmm. and they only had 10 players for the whole second half so you know if we'd slipped up there you know could that have been our league campaign you know almost over so yeah one promotion is uh, it's quite tough yeah, even even more so than maybe the physical stress is the mental stress going in with all of that and having to be switched on constantly all the time. Yeah, yeah, some um, you know the girls kept going, but yeah, it's um that's it's incredible really, and especially when you think like I don't mean any disrespect to any teams in the league above, but sure. for me, there's a couple of teams in the league above us that are not as good as teams in our league. But where you have one team gets promoted, or, or maybe one team gets relegated, or two teams get relegated, and every now and then a team drops out of the league. So if a team drops out of the league and there's only one relegation, nobody gets relegated. So if you're that team that gets beat every single week, right. you stay in that league. But all your players that were any good leave because you leave, lose every week. So they end up, a lot of the leagues have this disproportion of ability. A lot of teams that shouldn't be there. So yes, yeah, so, so it makes it even tougher when you know in your league one team gets promoted. But, you know maybe the team that's second or third are better than a couple of the teams in the league above. But right. there's nothing you can do about that. But yeah, it's um, it's frustrating. Right. Yeah. I know you have to you have to play within within the parameters you're given, but it's not it, it's not doesn't always seem I don't want to say fair, but it, it it definitely would be frustrating to to watch that. Um, yeah. Um, next question uh, says, what are your future plans for the reserve team? The future plans for the reserve team are, we have the under-16s. Now, for me, I need to discuss it with, obviously, the, the parents of the under-16s and everything like that. But I'm incredibly impressed with them. I mean, I've been working with them a couple of years now, and Dave's been working with them for even longer. For me, they are the best under-16 team in the area. They are incredible. Every now and then, we get them involved with the, the senior players. So for me next year, I, I don't want to put them in an under-18s league. I, I think they're too good for it. I think it won't help them develop. So I would like the reserves to have a massive intake of the under-16s. Um, so that would be my plan for next season. Hopefully to give an opportunity to those young players who I think are very, very talented with uh, an incredible amount of potential. Um, yeah. Hopefully with that pathway for them to join the first team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, do you prefer black boots or colored boots? <laughs> Um, whatever's on sale. Um, <laughs> <laughs> boots are expensive. I'll, I'll take whatever's on sale. Um, but I don't know. Probably black. Black. Same black is nice. Yeah. I currently have uh, both pink and purple, and my uh, my kids <laughs> laugh whenever I put them on. It's okay because, like you said, they were they were on sale. Um, exactly. Your favorite team building activity to complete with your players. Um, a great question. I'm not the best at these kind of things. I'll probably leave that to Lee. <laughs> Lee, Lee, Lee Lee's the one to make all the players happy. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's, that's fair enough. Based on what you said there, I don't know how this one's going to go, but um, have you ever pulled a prank on one of your players? And if so, what's the best one that you've ever pulled? I don't think I have. I don't think I have, to be honest. Well, not not to my recollection. All right. All right. No, no. Once again, that, that can be down to Lee. <laughs> <laughs> if you could improve one thing about your coaching style, what would it be? Probably, probably many, many, many things. Um, 
I don't know, maybe more more positive reinforcement. Um, okay. Maybe a little less serious at times. Okay. I guess. Maybe. All right. Um, well, that goes with the next question. It says you have a great bunch of players. Why not smile about it? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, true. But it, they, they have, they are a great bunch of players and I expect very, very high standards from them. So, you know, yeah. occasionally, occasionally when they don't reach those standards, I don't smile. Yeah. Uh, but no, um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's just my my personality. Sure, I'm not a not a robot or anything, but uh, yeah, I'm not the most emotional, shall we say? Okay. If you were one of the seven dwarves, which one would you be, and and why would you be that? I don't know. Is is one called is one sleepy? Sleepy, yeah. Yeah, I'll take that because I'm I'm always tired. So okay. <laughs> I wouldn't mind sleeping a little bit. I'm sure the uh, the 17 month old has something to do with that. Um, Indeed. How do you keep the team positive? Um, well, I think um, I think winning pretty much does that for you. You know, if you if you're winning, everyone's happy, everyone's buzzing, everyone can't wait for the next game. Um, so I think I think that helps. But um, once again, Lee Lee is there for a lot of these things. You know, I I like to come up with a lot of the ideas, a lot of the sessions, a lot of those kind of things. But um, you know, the interaction with the players. I think I think Lee's Lee's the much better one with that, and uh, yeah, he's he's the one that can keep them happy, maybe. Okay, all right. Um, next question says: Are we going to win the league? Um, and how far do you see the first team going? Um, and do you see the same for the reserve team this season? The reserves this season, I would say, is, is quite a, a difficult transitional kind of time for them. Unfortunately, we we lost quite a few players, and then at the moment we brought a few players in, but we have a lot of injuries. So the reserves more just you know just keep trying to improve keep doing what we can and we'll be looking to uh hopefully get those players back soon which will help strengthen the reserves and like i said the following season i think we'll have an incredibly strong reserves for the first team do i think we can win the league of course i do i think we can compete with any team uh it all just depends on you know if we turn up if we're focused we keep the concentration but yeah i see absolutely no reason why we can't win it um yeah go for that yeah yeah how do you think your players would describe your management style? Um, hmm, how do I think they would? Just like to emphasize, yeah, these are not I'm, my questions. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I'm terrible. Any of these kind of questions. I'm thorough. I don't know. We'd like to do a lot of research on the opposition. We like to be organized. I'm not overly strict. Like, uh, I won't have a go at a lot of players. I'll just demand certain standards, I guess. Okay. I don't uh, know. I don't know how to, how to really. All right. Well, there's a. It. What's your your pre match or match day routine? Uh, well, for me personally, or the team that what I yeah, get on for you for you uh, depends on the time of the game. But usually it's wake up, um, have some breakfast, spend a bit of time with with uh, my daughter and my partner, and then get down to the ground early if it's a home game. Try and set up all the warm up, get the presentation finished, um, ready for the girls. If it's an away game, the same thing, but just go to the minibus. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have to drive the bus? No, unfortunately not. I mean, I'd like to because then we don't need a volunteer to do it. And we've been incredibly uh, lucky that one of the players, Dad, Neil, has been volunteering for us. But unfortunately, I don't have a D1 license, which uh, ah. I need to have legally to drive it. So okay. I'm not allowed to. <laughs> not allowed to. Um, players to look out for in the future, maybe from the under-16s or from the uh, from the first team or the reserves? Mm, players to look out for. I would say... I mean, you've you spoke to Millie before the goalkeeper. Um, I think 
it's entirely up to her how far she wants to go, if she wants to really, really put time in with training and stuff. But Millie's got a good future. Um, I think we have got a number of under-16s, one of whom's Tia Hooper. I think she's she's fantastic. Her feet are unbelievable. Luckily, she's getting a lot more confident and you know, she she wouldn't look out of place within the seniors. Um, and there's Sean Bradbeer, uh, centre-back at the moment with the under-16s. I think at times it's too easy for her in the under-16s, so she loses concentration. Okay. But she's a fantastic player who, who could also go very far. So And there's so many more. I just can't name everybody, but sure, yeah, sure. there's a lot. Yeah. A lot to watch out for. Yeah. Um, what Premier League manager do you think you are most like? Um, oh, that's a horrible question. <laughs> 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 I could eat, well, yeah, because you could say someone would be like, nah, not at all. Um, oh, I don't know. Um, well, I mean, because you said you're not overly strict, <laughs> so it's not Pep Guardiola, because he is like, they can't eat pizza or do any of this other stuff. He's, he's pretty crazy about that stuff. Uh, you mentioned... Yeah, but just imagine telling some volunteers they can't eat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess in, ah, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, well, playing-wise, um, well, we like to play out from the back. Mm-hmm. So there's quite a few teams now that like to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, who would I say? I don't know. It would have been nice if they if they said who they thought. <laughs> I um, think they were afraid to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't know which one. Or like, obviously, a lot of them are role models uh, for me. Like, I'd love to say we can play and move the ball like City, but we're not there. Um, we're quite organised. Well, I don't know. Well, I guess which which of know. the which of the Premier League managers then is is kind of the main role model if if there are, if there is one. Can we say a mixture between Guardiola, Mourinho, and Pochettino? That'd yeah, be nice. Yeah, absolutely. All right, yeah, we'll, we'll go for that. I'm not saying I'm anything like any of those, but that's what it would be nice if I could be. Well, yeah, yeah, and you, I'm sure you pull elements of their kind of philosophy and and everything, and kind of kind of roll them all into into one. That's I think it's good. Um, yeah, we'll go, we'll go for that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, how do you get the best out of the players? Hmm, how do I get the best out of the players? Um, I'd like to think that when we come up with a, a system or a formation or a way that we play, we've got it's done in a way that gives the team balance and allows the players to go and play their, their natural game. So they have room to, to express their strengths within the way that we play. Hopefully the training we do as well. I mean, like we try and obviously have a lot of balls involved. We try and have it, you know, with a good intensity and tempo. So hopefully that's fun. So hopefully that brings out the best in the players as well. So it's not, you know, something they don't enjoy. And then, yeah, hopefully we give them enough confidence to to believe in themselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, one, one question from me uh, along those lines is, when you start to look at the team, you have your philosophy of kind of how you like to play. Do you try to bring in players to play that way? Or do you try to adapt the players that you have to put to fit that system? Or do you look at your team and say, we're not set up to play this way. We need to kind of, and, and you switch your kind of game plan. Uh, how, do, how does that work for you? Because um, it's not the easiest way of to go and bring anyone in not that easy for us to do that so originally i would look at who we have what their strengths are um what kind of system do i think could, could enable everyone to play um so last season we predominantly played like a 3-4-3 kind of system mm-hmm. um because we had just so many attacking players so our wing backs were essentially wingers um and that was was fine it worked really well last year because um defensively we didn't really need to do much okay um so we looked at you know the players we had and, and what we thought would work, but it didn't necessarily give the, the team the most balance. 
Um, so this year, when we knew that we were going into a slightly, well, a much more competitive league, we kind of needed to make a few changes. So we knew the players that we had, we knew their strengths, we knew a, a system that would work. So yeah, we've done that. So I guess yeah, we have to look at the, the strengths of all the, the individuals and what we think would work best as a team, and then, and then hopefully develop players that will fit into it slightly. You know, if if, if we're not 100, percent but uh, yeah, sure, sure. Back to the questions from the girls. We have one more. It says, um, who would play you in a film of your life? <laughs> who would play me in a film of my life? Um, I um, so I guess I can just choose an actor I like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Oh, these, I hate these kind of questions. <laughs> I'm never going to ask people these questions because I, I can't answer them. You know, um, what, what, who would you say? Me. Not for me. For you. No, for me. <laughs> I see I'm pretty I got a I have a pretty dry sense of humor but I would probably just have to like default to somebody who looks like me which is not uh, it's not terribly hard it's like shaved head and like a little bit of a beard so um and I I really like Jason Statham I'm I don't look anything you know I'm not that like in shape but I like him and I think he could he could he could do it um or maybe I would just go like uh damn like I don't know yeah ah oh. so you've gone Jason Statham I think so um I think so <laughs> Okay, so an actor's going to play me in my life. Well, if you could choose anyone, and obviously I look nothing like them or anything along those lines. Um, I'm like looking at my partner now, asking her. Um, say Ryan Gosling. <laughs> okay. Get him in there. All right. Why not? He's a decent actor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely nothing to do with me, but yeah. I think it'll be good. I think it'll be good. All right. Why not? Yeah. People would watch it then. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, that, that is, that wraps up the questions from the girls and from me. Is there anything that you've kind of thought of as we've gone through that maybe we missed or that you want to touch up on or anything? No, obviously just, obviously that I'm very, very proud of what the girls have achieved this year and obviously the previous years. And obviously with all the coaches and everyone behind the scenes, they've done obviously an incredible job because not only in the, the last couple of years have we obviously get promoted and, and doing really well on the pitch, off the pitch. You know, a lot of people behind the scenes like Barry, the old chairman, and Amanda, and there's, there's even more others, but they've done incredible, incredible work to bring the club up from an administrative side of things mm-hmm. so that we comply with everything uh, for the standard of football that we're now at. So, you know, without them, the, you know, Fran as well, the club possibly wouldn't even exist. So, um, yeah, big thank you to them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I always like to point out that you guys rely on sponsorships uh, for the players and the coaches and things like that. And if anybody's interested in doing that or buying some advertising, they can do that by contacting Amanda, um, the club secretary, yeah. and the email is in the show notes. So it's down there for you to to, to click on or for anybody to click on and and sponsor. And it is, it is great to, to look on the website and see all the different people who sponsor all of the different players and things like that. Um, and, and I don't know if you have a sponsor or not. Um, but no, I don't No. All right. Nope. Well, who is interested? Ryan Gosling, Simon Parker. What? Well, let's just say <laughs> maybe I'll change that selection. <laughs> no, no, we'll go with it. All right. All right. Um, but yeah, if anybody is interested in, in, in sponsoring anyone, uh, you, one of the girls, anybody else, uh, they can contact Amanda and, and set that up. And it is not the most difficult thing to, to do. It was pretty easy to, to do when I, when I talked to Lee about it and it was a pleasure to, to be a part of uh, something that's going so well. And, and like you said, there's been lots of work previously that's gone on, you know, before probably even some of the girls were involved or before you were involved, there's been a lot of things that have, that have led to this point, but 
you guys are doing a, a fantastic job and it's a, it's a pleasure to follow along on match day and, and uh, you know, hope for a clean sheet and uh, a couple of goals. Indeed. Hopefully, uh, yeah, we'll be able to get promoted. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. And you guys are back on the pitch January 7th. Uh, it's a home game, I believe. Yes. Yeah. We, we had a few issues with the pitch, but uh, it's all sorted now. So yeah, okay. home game against Science and Girls and Ladies. It's huge huge game they've been the best team in Southampton for a number of years so yeah it's a great a great game a derby and obviously we won the first the first game uh, 3-1 against them so they'll be looking for revenge yeah so it'll be yeah it should be a great a great game all right all right and uh I, I want to thank you for for coming on the show and and taking the time to join me on your on your day off I know it's it's not always easy especially with everything you have going on from child and everything else uh, but I appreciate it and uh I, I wish you the best of luck moving forward yeah thank you very much and thank you for having me on oh my pleasure And that does it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. I'd like to thank my guest, Simon Parker, the head coach of the Southampton Women's Football Club. Since Simon and I last spoke, he was awarded the Manager of the Month by the FAWPL, so congratulations to him. The Southampton Women's Football Club will be back in action in early January, so be sure to check out the link in the description below to find their schedule and head out and support them as they attempt to gain promotion for the third season in a row. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor for a player, a coach, or the club in general, contact club secretary Amanda Burrows for details. Her email is in the description below. As always, this podcast is partnered with The Saints Report. For all of your Southampton FC news and needs, please head to The Saints Report on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. You don't want to miss out. Our artwork is done by the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. For match day edits, polls, competitions, and more, be sure to check out the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. All music you hear in this episode comes from the Free Music Archive. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games, and the song you're hearing now is Aim Is True by Pottington Bear. As always, you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can follow us on social media at SFCDELL underscore I-V-E-R-Y on Twitter or Instagram, and we're at Facebook.com forward slash Ivory. There is no underscore in the Facebook address. We always appreciate you listening, and any feedback you have can be sent to us any way you like. Click on one of the links in the description and let us know what you think. We always appreciate you sharing the show with someone you know, so don't hesitate. And if you're feeling especially generous, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. It always helps. And that does it for this episode. I hope you had a good New Year's. We'll talk to you next week. Until then, remember that together, we march on.